It is 2023 and we are back for Stadium Drive. We have so much exciting to talk about, but first I haven't seen you in so long. Talk to me. How was your break? Break was great. Got to see the uh, the mom and dad for the first time in a very long time. It was great Dang. seeing them. Got Love to visit them. with uh, with the ladies' family as well. They actually met the uh, the two parental units. Actually met for the first time, so that was uh, that was pretty cool. I'm so surprised. You guys have been together for so long. How was it? It was good. Yeah, they hit it off. Um, how was yours? My break was swell. Um, pretty relaxing. Went down south, uh, hung out with the family, played some rousing games of poker with the men in my family. And uh, probably the most exciting was December 29th when I got to watch Florida State win the cheese it Bowl. I got to see 100,000 Cheez-Its get spread all over the field. It was awesome. Um, it was just so cool to be there. As you know, because we're always working, like we don't really get to do a ton of FSU football games as a fan. So this was a really great experience. Like just being able to be there in that fan atmosphere. Stadium holds 65,000 people, 61,000 plus of the seats were filled. And I'd be surprised if 50,000 of them weren't Florida State fans, if not more. So it was definitely a home crowd. It was really fun. And it was just a great atmosphere. Um, I'll tell you though, it is so different watching the game as a fan in the stands opposed to from the broadcast because in my sight I'm thinking okay we are down as we were down the first half of the game like we're down we're not playing to our potential right now but I know that we're gonna see this through and we're gonna pull out a win I never ever had a question about it but I didn't really get to see, you know, all those ins and outs that the broadcast talks about and that you get to see because you have all those camera angles. So can you tell me just like what you saw from, you know, your screen? Yeah. And to be honest with you, Alex, I was, my parents and I were going back and forth, I think picking up dinner and we were coming back and my mom had just had an issue with her car or something. So we were kind of just rolling back into the house and I thought the game was at like eight o'clock. I did too. I thought it was at seven and I was like, oh my gosh. And then I had to leave the house at noon to get there on time. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I'm thinking, oh yeah, we'll get, we'll get to it. Like we'll get to the TV. And then I checked my phone and everyone's texting about, oh my gosh, we're down 14, whatever. And I'm like, the game already kicked off. I tell my mother, of course, who's a diehard Florida State fan since 2013 when I enrolled. Uh, and she goes, <laughs> oh my God, where's the, where's the remote? And turns it on. But to your point, Alex, I mean, we did trail 14-3 early, but I never really thought the game got out of control. Um, and I don't know if that's just the growth this team has had under Norvell or if it's Jordan Travis being at quarterback where I just feel like, you know what, as long as we're not down 25 points, I feel like we're always within striking distance. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the team plays with a lot more confidence and like we are able to then have that confidence as well, because I agree with you, you know, we were down. I mean, I remember looking up being like, oh my gosh, it's 14 to three right now. Because again, I don't know, you're in the game and you're seeing it and you have so many different things going on and your senses are being pulled in all these different directions. I'm watching fans. I got a guy screaming in front of me. I really wasn't able to immerse myself, okay, in the plays of the game. So I was surprised when we were down, but again, I wasn't worried either. But I will say that I was impressed by Oklahoma. We said that we thought we were going to go in and we were going to spank them and beat them by 30 points. And we were definitely wrong about that. And I think now that we've thought about it a little bit more, like, yeah, the Big 12 has some great teams, one of which is going to the national championship. 
Yeah, and I got to give credit to my uh, my best friend, Matty P, who's a diehard Florida State and Florida State alumni. He told me all year, I told him, I said, TCU, I will see. TCU is going to fizzle out. And he goes, no, the Big 12 has been the best conference competitively all year. I got three of the top 10 teams in one conference. And I was right. like, well, you know what? Yeah, maybe we did sleep on Oklahoma a little bit. They ran they, they ran the ball really well. Dylan Gabriel, former UCF quarterback, back in Orlando in front of, I'm sure, a ton of fans. So yeah. he was trying to show out. And, you know, listen, Oklahoma is a proud program. You mentioned a couple of shows ago that they've been to so many bowl games. They, they, they're they familiar bowl games, with More bowl games than any program in the nation. They have the most bowl games. Right. So they've been in this spot before as a program. And even though it's a new year with Brent Venables as the head coach, like they, they didn't want to get rolled over by Florida State. They didn't want to go right. into that game and feel like, oh, we're going to get trounced. They're going to come compete. And to our credit, we didn't allow ourselves to kind of be like, oh, my gosh. We should be rolling this team. We just put our hard hat on and got to work. Yeah, and honestly, I'm pretty – I as a fan, you always want to see a good game. But I'm also happy that it was such a close game and that Oklahoma played so well. So there can be no naysayers, okay? We didn't just go in and play a team that was not to our caliber of competitiveness and beat them. We went in and we played really hard, and it was a hard-fought battle between both of those teams. So nobody can really say anything about the level of competition that we faced because Oklahoma came and they came to play. 100%. And testament to the culture that Norvell has established. You know, we had a lot of momentum before that bowl game. The the transfers are coming in. The fan base is getting excited. We're kind of already talking about next year a little bit. Yeah. You know, the players are on social media saying, oh, yeah, come play with us. Uh, Travis is recruiting and stuff. But after all that, to get sucker punched in the first quarter and to say, you know what? Okay, let's handle business now. Yeah. Let's finish the season the right Talk way. Get ahead of ourselves. Yep. Let's send the seniors off right and let's finish the job. And and that's just a testament, again, to what Norvell has built and what these players like Jordan Travis, like Jared Verse have grabbed and ran with. Yeah, and we've talked about it before, too, that Norvell has been so good in the locker room at halftime, and I'm sure that that was majorly a part of his message of, like, first of all, you guys can play better than this, and I know that you can, but also we need to be present, okay? We need to go out and we need to play our game right now, and they did come out in the second half, and it was a lot cleaner. It was better football. Yep, I thought – Johnny Wilson on the offensive side was the spark for us. He had a number of big plays. He had that one big drop that I was losing my mind over, but he also had that amazing catch late in the fourth quarter. Treshawn Ward had a couple of big runs that sparked us. And then, I mean, defensively, Jamie Robinson played one of the best games I've ever seen. Right before the NFL draft process starts, he shows out, has 13 tackles, gets the big takeaway. Um, Great, great game to finish his career and, yeah, I mean, the star shined in, in the second half and, and brought home the W. Yeah, and also I honestly want to point out Marquise and Douglas. He was great on offense for us. He, I mean, I don't think that I've seen him be more of a presence on offense this season as he was in that game, and that was great seeing him step up like that. Especially because we're going to be losing Cam McDonald. He's, right. he's hanging it up after this year. We brought in a couple tight end transfers, but Marquise is going to be a guy that we can keep. Right. And a guy that's been a part of this system, he's a bigger, more physical tight end. Doesn't get the ball thrown to him as much, but hey, got the ball in his hands a couple times. I was going to say, he has hands. He made plays. He had touchdown. I, w- I wish I had a stat line here, but from from what I saw, he was impressive. And it was it was just great to see the ball spread around. Yeah, Jordan's, uh, Jordan's the ultimate maestro now. He's really settled in. Um, I think 
we talked about it a few shows ago, but he's on the short list of quarterbacks coming back next year, leading his teams. I'd say he's a top three quarterback in the country next year without question. He's in that conversation as a Heisman Heisman candidate next year. And I mean, he was, he was locked in, had over 460 yards of offense. I mean, and it was casual. It's casual. You're sitting here watching as a fan. Like you said, you're like, Huh, this is I feel like we could be playing a little bit better and then you look at the right. numbers like, he's got 450 yards. I mean it's unbelievable. And I will say too I think we need to talk about some of his other numbers. Obviously he finished the season with the best QBR in the ACC this we knew. He's 7th in the nation and he's had the best QBR of any quarterback in any bowl game thus far. So he has just proven to be fantastic and I really do hope that he gets the recognition that he deserves on a national level and for his own sake in the following, you know, 2023 draft for his draft for his draft stock. No, I and I think he will um I think one more year in the same offense with the same weapons is going to benefit him greatly. He's going to come back so much more comfortable with what he's going to do and all he has to do is focus on getting his guys involved, making the right throws. Um and I think he's I think he's setting himself up for an NFL draft um next year. I think he's got all the skill sets that you need to play quarterback at the next level. He can make all right. the throws and he's a he's a mobile player. He can he yeah. can create plays with his legs. Um so I think he's the type of quarterback that maybe 10 years ago people didn't want. Right. Um, but now, I mean, that's the quarterback that every team is looking for at the next level. I was just going to say, you took the words out of my mouth. That dual threat is the way the game is moving, and I love to see it. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. So let's talk about what we have coming up because next year we've got a lot to be excited about. Why We have the number one, the very best transfer portal rating right now of all of college football. So let's talk about what Coach Mike Norvell has done there. Well, Mike Norvell continues to be a portal pirate. Uh, he is the the master of the transfer portal, and I love to see it because, again, as we've said, it is the way of the future yeah. in college football. Uh, we talked a little bit about Jaheim Bell and uh, Mr. Morlock from last episode, but uh, just to update you all guys on a couple of new names. Number one, Fentrell Cypress, defensive back out of Virginia. Number four transfer in the country. Number three corner. Actually, I guess he's really number two, Alex. We don't really count. We don't really count number number one. Right. We don't really count Travis Hunter, mainly because that's a foregone conclusion he's going to Colorado. We don't count him as a transfer. And congratulations for him and Deion Sanders. I'm very excited for them. But guess what? They only have the second best transfer portal rating in the country. We're the first. That's correct, because we have Fentrell Cypress. (laughs) And uh, he was an exceptional player for Virginia the last couple of years. Tied for 13th in the country in past deflections, past breakups. Uh, only has one career pick, Alex, but uh, it's kind of hard to get picks when they don't throw it to you. Period. Yeah. So looking forward to adding him to the defensive back uh, room. Uh, next guy on the list, Brandon Fisk, defensive lineman out of Western Michigan. Number 13 overall transfer in the country. Number one at his position. you got to love it. Continuing Sign the- me right up. <laughs> Continuing the theme of three-star coming out of high school. Very highly under-recruited. Uh, was actually an offensive lineman coming out of high school. Switched to defensive side. Uh, and now he's coming to Florida State to finish up his career. Um, I would imagine playing interior in the defensive tackle position, but has played outside a little bit with Western Michigan. So excited to see what he can bring to our defensive front. And then the last guy I really want to talk about is Jeremiah Byers. Offensive tackle out of UTEP. Top 25 transfer. Again, 
only a three-star out of high school, went to UTEP, developed his game, uh, and I expect him to potentially compete for that right tackle position going into next year. Yeah, and I mean, he's 25 in the country, but he's two at his position. So these guys are really, really good at football, okay? Yeah, very excited. And again, that guy, uh, Jeremiah Byers, 6'6", 290. 6'6", 290. So the exact frame you want at the next level. Now he's going to come to a big-time school and put it all together and uh, hopefully play for uh, one of the best teams in the country next year. We're ready for you, Jay Byers. And then... Last but not least, I want to leave out Mr. Keandre Jones coming from Auburn. Interior offensive lineman, another four-star prospect coming out of high school. Uh, top 150 recruit back in 2019. Number eight guard, uh, 6'4", 340. And, again, we're going to need him in the interior of that offensive line, having to replace a guy like Dylan Gibbons, uh, Demetri Emanuel on the inside. He's going to help add depth and some competition in the offseason, and hopefully he can get some playing time next year. Yeah, depth, depth on the defensive line, depth around. Okay, we are making moves, and we have all the players, it seems, to do it. But my question to you is, is there anywhere that we need, you know, any any transfer that we could get that is going to kind of improve our game? What position might we be needing still? Yeah, I mean, when I look at this roster, we, we, bring, back, we bring back Fabian Lovett, which was a huge announcement. Mm-hmm. Um, to sure up that defensive line, one from a leadership standpoint, uh, but two just to have an extra guy that can rotate and 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 cause pressure on the on the defensive side. Getting to the quarterback's the most important thing on the yeah. defensive side now, and um, he'll help with that. But I mean, I think the biggest question mark right now is can the offensive line continue what they did this year? Because right. that was always a problem. The last four or five years at Florida State, it felt like God, we don't have an offensive line. No doubt. Quarterbacks are always running. We're always banged up on the offensive line. And just historically, we have been banged up at that position. So bringing in Jeremiah Byers, Keandre Jones, hopefully having Caden Lyles back mm-hmm. in the picture. That's the big question mark. Can we replace a guy like Dylan Gibbons, who's been one of our best leaders, one of our most consistent available players on the front line? Oh, yeah. Our humanitarian of the year. <laughs> yeah, humanitarian of the year. Future president. I'll vote for him. <laughs> He's on um, to start that journey, okay? He's ready. He's going to be the mayor of a town first, and then he's going to just climb that ladder. I want to live in that town. <laughs> so replacing Dylan Gibbons is, is huge. Demetri Emanuel also had a great year at right guard, all ACC player. So I think that's the big question mark, um, just because, you know, offensive line's a big part of what we do. It right. establishes our run game. But, I mean, quarterback, check. Running backs, check, check, check. Got about three or four of them. Four receivers, three tight ends. Offense is great. The line is the big question mark. That's fine, okay? You know, we need it, but I have all the faith that we're going to get it, and we're going to be able to make it work, you know? You have a lot of guys with a lot of talent, and we still have plenty of time before the 2023 season begins. That's correct. And, you know, let's just say we, we still got Rob Scott coming back. Oh, yeah. Which is huge because we didn't get to see him play that much this season. He got hurt, which is why Jazz Turnitine had to come in, I believe, to that position, which, by the way, was such an awesome moment to witness. Like him getting hurt and getting carted off and seeing all those guys running after him. Now, honestly, I didn't know. I knew he was a senior, but I didn't know if he still had another year of eligibility because, you know, they always do these days. But (laughs) – not to try the real news, you know, this is real life. We had COVID, it was real. Um, but um, 
I wasn't sure, but after seeing all the guys run after him and just give him that love, you know, I saw so many tweets, you know, Florida State doesn't have 10 wins this season without him. And just seeing all the guys in the middle of the game, when we're still down, we still need to get that touchdown, which we didn't get, but we got the field goal, so it was all good. When we were still down, going into those final moments of the game and just seeing everybody run after him and give him that love, I think that is also such a testament to the culture. And it was just, it was just great to see. Yep, and and it just shows that this team is really connected, and it shows that this is why so many guys came back. Right, you're looking at you're looking at places like Ohio State, you're looking at places like Michigan, where there are these big time programs, but after bowl games, guys are just bailing and going somewhere else. Or yeah. even before bowl games, guys are sitting. Right. Like guys on Ohio State's roster in a semifinal game are not playing. Yeah. Jared Verse, who's a top 25 draft pick this year, likely, in a game that actually doesn't matter in terms of like we can't advance and play in the championship, he came back and said, no, this matters to me, and I'm going to play yeah. in this game. And, and that just goes to show that like this team really cares about each other and they want to compete at the highest level and help each other win. And I just think that that's, that's awesome. And I'm glad that Florida State has that because, frankly, for the last four or five years, we have not. Call it like it is, right? Yeah, and, and Norvell has done a fantastic job. This whole coaching staff has done a great job of facilitating that. And, uh, gosh, I'm just I'm excited. I'm excited to see where they're going to go next year and, and beyond. Yeah, and honestly, just like to, to touch on – the competitor that Jared versus like he had six tackles, three solo, two for loss, a, a sack and a half in the game winning sack. Now, I don't know if you saw this tweet, but basically after the game, he mentioned that the guy defending him said to him, you know, you're never going to get drafted. And he was like, yeah, watch this. And he made the game winning sack. And I just think that that is so cool. And like knowing Jared verse, like he's not, you know, troublesome like that. Like he's never going to go out and, and go out with fighting words like that. But when he came at him, that guy came at him, he responded not only with his words, but immediately with the action. You just got to love that for him. Yeah, it was great. I mean, you see like the, in the press conference, like during the regular season, you kind of get coach and you get like one or two players. Right. But it's like in the, in the bowl game, it's like, okay, coach quarterback, Jared verse. Then it was Treshawn Ward. Yeah. And it was like, there were waves of them and they're all just like smiling and brimming with confidence. The weights off their shoulders. They're just, and you're seeing way more personality from these guys. Yeah. Um, I wish that, I wish that we'd get more of that from them throughout the season, but I know they're always locked in. Yeah. Focused. But gosh, they they were having such a fun time in, in the aftermath for sure. Yeah, it's um, just got to be so such a great feeling, you know, to go in and say we did it. And I'm telling you, ten and three sounds so much better than nine and four. I'm so 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 happy about it. Yeah, very excited. Uh, an exclamation point on the season. You know, if we would have lost that game, it'd have been like, oh god, right. We completely lose all the momentum that we had. <laughs> no doubt. I mean, especially because of the fact that, you know, despite Oklahoma putting up the fight, you know, had we lost that game, a lot of people would have talked about, you know, Oklahoma's record, the fact that they didn't play to the caliber of football this season, that they're so, that is their norm. So it is awesome that we won that game because, you know, at the end of the day, nobody's looking at the scores. You know what I mean? Like Ohio State's not going to the national championship off of one point. Yeah, fair enough. And also, before we before we turn the page completely on this season, shout out to Mr. Fitzgerald. Shout out to our kicker. Yes. Going out there and drilling that thing 
to put the nail in the coffin. I love it. Right the down Broadway. The kid that had a couple of a couple of bad kicks this year and yeah. and some big spots, and for him to go out there and be the one to finish the year, I mean, hats off to you, my friend. No doubt, it's it's huge for him, and it's it's awesome to see how his confidence in his game has developed. Because I mean, I think that even into the first maybe five six games of the season. You know, we weren't totally always able to be confident, you know, in your kicker, and you have to be able to be. And I think that he really, really stepped up. Yeah, proud of him. Proud of him. And again, the biggest spot possible. Yeah, yeah. Biggest spot possible, especially what you said off of that injury to turn time and then the game kind of stopping for like a good three or four minutes you get ice. in your head for that entire time. <laughs> right. And you think too, that the team's going to score. I mean, we, I want to say that we were in within 15 yards for at first down there. So I think that he probably thought, you know, business as usual, my team's going to score and I'm just getting the extra point. I'm putting the cherry on top, but no, he had to step up and he had to make it happen. And he did. So with all of this, with the team we have now, with the transfers we're coming in, I want to know your prediction of where we're going to land in the national preseason poll next season. Well, we're 13 now um, with our finish this year and I think with the roster we're bringing in next year. I, I don't see how you don't have us in the top 10 in the preseason. And, I mean, potentially in the top eight. I, I just right. I don't see it. You're going to have a top five, at least, I think, top three quarterback in the country, which that should carry some weight. It usually does for all the other schools. <laughs> but don't count it for us because I'm sure that that might not be the case. If everybody else accounts for it, might not for us. Right. I think Caleb Williams is going to carry some weight for USC, so Jordan Travis yeah. should carry some uh, carry some weight for us. Um, but I Plus, with the game against LSU, the first game of the year, I wouldn't be surprised if they boost the rankings just a tad to kind of get more eyes on that game. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised with a top eight ranking. I would expect a top 10 ranking. Let's see it. I can't wait. So awesome. So great. Just such a great feeling. This is like my first successful season as a Seminole. So just so awesome. And the fact that we have this platform to talk about it on is so, so cool. Yep, and we only came in like at the end of this year. So next year we're going to really be able to cover football from day one till now. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Well, congratulations to Florida State football, and thank you to Florida State football. It was just so fun as a fan and being a part of this university and helping broadcast these sports, you know, to be able to to witness this and be a part of it in a small way. It was awesome. Yep. Go Knowles. Can't wait for next year. Oh, yeah. Next episode, we've got um, some basketball to cover. We've got some good things to talk about. Um, Men still trying to figure it out, but still putting up some good fights. And women absolutely dominating as they so do. They play Clemson on Thursday. And next week, we will be talking all about them. Yep. Tania Ladson continues to just um, blaze through anybody she faces. Our favorite two words this season are Tania Latson. Tania Latson, yeah. She's an absolute gamer. And also, K.K. Timpson, quietly just averaging a double-double. She's just awesome. So, looking forward to talking about them a little bit more. Alex, good seeing you. I missed you. Can't wait for the new year. You too. I'll see you very soon. And as always, go Knowles.
Eu não ouço. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.